Hello and welcome to the KK Wrestle Factory. My name is Kyle, I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined by my co host, as always, is Kaylee. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. We've recorded this intro about 20 times now because between Kaylee's little trumpet man impression <laughs> and I had just come out my nose. Um, you sounded like you got hit in the face when you did it the first time. Kaylee always laughs at my intros. Um, yeah, it, it was. It's been a tough one, but we finally we finally did a take that we're gonna we're gonna keep. We're too far in now to go back, so hopefully it has to work now. Oh, I'm cry laughing. Right, so this week we're not talking about WrestleZone oh, for the first time in a long time. We're gonna have nay listeners. We're actually doing our podcast as we're meant to be doing it. Um, we didn't set out to review WrestleZone um, on a regular basis. It just kind of accidentally happened. Um, and, you know, I don't want to steal Billy Strachan's thunder. You know, he's the Scottish wrestling man. But we're all over the world. We are worldwide. We're jet setters. Um, and actually, funnily enough, on the recent SWN with uh, Ronan King, Billy did mention that we've travelled all over the country to watch wrestling. Now, Billy, Kayleigh, that is correct. For me, I've actually travelled all over the world to watch wrestling, so put a bit of respect on my name with <laughs> that one there. Uh, but we didn't actually realise we've actually been to a lot of places watching wrestling. Yeah, because where has it been? We've been to Glasgow, Edinburgh, Aberdeen, Newcastle, Manchester, Sheffield. Anywhere else? Am I missing somewhere? There's probably more than that, I can't remember. Sheffield was the worst experience of my life. That's what, that's what happens when you go to the wrestling in the middle of some sort of storm that half the wrestlers didn't. You know it's bad when the wrestlers who are getting paid to be at the show don't make it. Yeah, when they live up the road, yet we travelled, what, more hours than it takes to get to Sheffield just to see this. Because we um, I surprised Kyle with tickets for his birthday one year to Progress and it was meant to be a great show, meant to be all fun and games and there was like four people that turned up, so... All off. The joys. So anyway, this week, we're not talking about WrestleZone, as I said. Um, we are talking about WrestleMania weekend, uh, mainly WrestleMania itself, the, the two nights. But we're going to briefly talk about the things we watched and did over the weekend. Uh, because there's some interesting some interesting tidbits in there. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about WrestleMania. Again, Kayleigh, it's been a, it's been a long weekend. S- how, how you feeling? I'm shattered. I honestly nearly fell asleep on work today. I was on a meeting with my manager and I went, just in case I fall asleep, this was my itinerary for the, the last week. Um, yeah, no, it's been crazy. Every time it's been at points, I've fallen asleep and woken up to what feels like the same match because a lot of the stuff we watched was very similar. But it was all right. Yeah, honestly, like, night one of WrestleMania is probably the hardest I've ever found it to stay awake. Mm-hmm. And that's no no smirch on the show itself. Like, just how tired I was after everything. It didn't help I didn't have any caffeine um, because I forgot to buy any. But, yeah, between that and we'll get into our travel as well, like, the, the weekend was, was hectic. Um, so, yeah, it was a it was a long one. Um, but we're, kinda, we're just going to get into the sort of the gist of, of what we watched um, over WrestleMania weekend before we, we delve into actual WrestleMania itself. Um, the first show that we watched, and we, we we really started off with good intentions of watching everything, right? No, um, tell them what you really did. Kyle sat 
and made a spreadsheet, a colour coordinated spreadsheet of what was definitely getting watched, what was maybe getting watched and what wasn't getting watched. This thing was out of this world. But you have this weird obsession with making spreadsheets for everything. Yes. It's too far. It's weird. Nothing wrong with being organised. Um, but to be fair, looking back at it, most of the stuff that I said I wanted to watch definitely has been watched back. Um, there's a few things I've missed out that I need to go back and watch. Um, just to preface this as well, we've not watched Raw yet. We saw the results. So there was nothing on it um, that interests us too much. Um, but we'll probably end up watching that at some point. So we are we are a bit blind on that. That's the only thing we've not watched. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a long it was a long one. There were just so many shows. Um, and to get on to the the first show we watched was uh, Glory Pro Cemetery Gates. This was when I was determined to watch a show, pretty much exclude the, the whole time of WrestleMania weekend. I was wanting to watch either wrestling or be asleep. So um, I started off as I meant to go on. Again, nothing really major on this show to be honest. I don't think really you paid much attention to it. I don't remember what happened. Um, to be quite honest. Few things to point out. Carlos Romo was on it, who we, funnily enough, saw make his progress debut um, in Sheffield um, back when he had a different name. Can't remember what it was called. Akid? Not Akid, the other guy that's on NXT UK. If anyone can remember his name, by the way, let me know. Um, you could just open up um, Cage Match that you've got in front of you right now. I could, I could, but that's effort. I'd lose my page. Um, yeah, so. Okay, there wasn't really anything on that show, uh, apart from that. Danny Jones was on that show as, as well, the, the Welsh guy. Um, there was a guy called Keith something. I can't remember his name. Big Keith. Keith Lee? I can't remember, but he was like a big cowboy guy. He was he was cool. Um, but that's as much as I remember from that show, to be honest. Uh, we then had Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 8. Now this... This was this, interesting. This was a show and a half. Um, there was a lot, a lot of good stuff on here. Uh, Mark, if he's listening, will hate me for saying this, but Ninja Mac put in a good show in, uh, which was which was fantastic. Uh, Masha Slamovich um, had a really good match against what's her name, Jnai Kai, the the kicking the kicking person, the mm-hmm. kick god, I believe her name is. Um, they had a fantastic match, um, but the big one for me, which um, I've put in one of my as one of my top five matches of the weekend was John Moxley versus Biff Busick. Oh, very good match. Very, very good. No, that was disgusting. Um, like, apparently, um, it was actually reported that John Moxley's been carrying an injury um, going into WrestleMania weekend. He had an injury from the most recent AW shows. Um, he has a some sort of hamstring injury, but he still did that match. Then... He defended the GCW title later that night. The guy's mental. Well, of course he made blood sport. That's something that he's he's obsessed with it anyway. Because even before he was released by WWE and he was allowed to go, he was always sitting watching it. Because I remember, like, I listen to Renee's podcast quite a lot, and she's always talking about how he's there, and he's always hanging out with like Josh as well. So no wonder. And also, he's just came back after being away for a long time. Got a bit of momentum just now. The last thing he wants to do is have to like take some more time off. Especially if you think about it, and this is getting a bit deep, but last time he took time off, he was doing stuff to help himself. I don't think he wants to go and spend time in the house. It's probably a bit weird for him. He just kind of wants to get back to doing what he's doing, get back to normality. So the last thing he wants to do is take even more time on the sidelines. Yeah, um, and that's pretty much it, to be honest. Controversially, I thought um, the main event with uh, Suzuki, and who was he wrestling in? Suzuki was against Chris Dickinson. Honestly, didn't really rate that at all. Wasn't really interested too much in that. Again, 
there's a time and place for more grapply submission wrestling, and I understand that is on Bloodsport, but when you've got WrestleMania weekend and everything's larger than life, everyone's going as hard as possible, that match kind of just blended a wee bit into the, the mm-hmm. background. But, um, yeah, again, that show was, was fantastic. I always enjoy watching Bloodsport. Um, now, before we go to the next part, I need to just make a little like announcement which will explain what we're going to get into next. So, um, Kyle was watching all these matches. I had great intentions to watch all these matches, but like someone's more, I just downloaded a really interesting game on my phone. So I was only listening to half of this, wasn't listening to all of it. So with that being said, when the next show came on, which was Triple A? Yes, so it was um, Triple A Invade WrestleCon. So we just turned that on, everything was fun, and Kyle decided he's going to take a break for a minute, go upstairs, and again, sit on my phone, and I just heard the caption, the, what was it, the the biggest pro wrestler? The biggest wrestler in the world. The biggest wrestler in the world. So I looked up from my phone, and I was like, oh, what's this? Let's see who's this guy, what does he look like? In my head, I've got this big, burly, massive dude, I was buzzing. Then this baby came out. Honestly, the smallest wrestler I have saw in my life. And you know you get small wrestlers, right? This was the smallest small wrestler to the point he could only reach the bottom rope when he was in the ring. Yep. So we're talking about Microman. I love him now. Don't think you can call him a baby. I think that's offensive. No, he's the size of a baby. But... <laughs> he was generally the, probably the smallest wrestler I've ever seen. Um, He's the ever. smallest person I've ever seen ever. Um, so yeah, he was he was fantastic. I really I really just enjoyed that match to be honest. Honestly, he was getting swung about like a wet tracky, and I was all for it. And there was to like counterbalance it. They had like the biggest guy ever, this big fat yes. dude. Oh, it was fantastic. Um, really really enjoyed that. And again, didn't really watch much of that show. The commentary was in Spanish, so I don't really know what I was watching. So we kind of just paid attention to it a wee bit and then turned it off. Um, that match was the most exciting match that I saw over the weekend because I had no idea what Little Micro Man was going to do. He was bouncing about. Then at the end, he got put in a bin. That's felt like oh, a yeah. fever dream already. Yeah, Sam Adonis and Gringo Loco and someone else came out, put him in a bin and took him away. Yeah, again, you know how you stay up so late during WrestleMania? You get to that weird period about half three, four, where you start to have, like hallucinate but also they put something really weird on the card like that year there was all the like the pancakes and stuff coming out of Wrestlemania it was like a whole thing this felt like that we're only we're really early into the day so yeah very confusing yeah couple more shows of, of note um, from that night we had spring break night one um, which again I was kind of half sleeping during this so I don't really remember too much of it uh, X-Pac versus Joey Janela obviously uh, the match didn't live up to, to what I had expected, but it was still decent. Um, the match for me on that show was Alex Cologne versus John Wayne Murdoch for the Ultraviolet Championship. Amazing. That that was it was a proper death match. I think something happened to Alex Cologne where he like sliced his arm and it was bleeding oh, a it lot. Oh, terrible! 
Um, the match ended very quickly after that, so I don't know um, what happened there. But yeah, uh, that match was was fantastic, and now John Wayne Murdoch is the the ultraviolent champion. I like Alex Cohen. It was the first time we watched him not at that weird Texas Death Match where they brought a bike out of nowhere. Yeah, the Texas Death Match massacre. Um, he was he was in that. Yeah, he got, I think he was in the semi-finals or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, so he's he's something else. Um, what else did we watch? We watched the Mark Hitchcock, Hitchcock Memorial Show, so that was um, on boring. yesterday. Um, Honestly, it was dead boring, uh, and uh, it started off, everything was just going wrong. The music was playing wrong, they were like, introducing the wrong people to the ring. I just didn't have time for it. Okay, so aside from that, <laughs> they did have well, probably the matches of the weekend on this show. Um, which was Bandido versus Mike Bailey. Um, this show had an interesting concept where the fans were polled as they were leaving the um, venue on what was the match of the night, and the winner got $5,000. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Which was quite interesting. And this was like a legit thing. So Mike Bailey and Bandido won that, so they got two and a half grand each. Um, right, well, see, now I know that. Why was the rest of the show absolute shit? It was, I wouldn't say it was that bad. Uh I just was bored of it, and you'd think that if they were if they were really playing for that much money, you'd put in a better show. Yeah, I guess so. But again, that that show for me was a decent decent enough show. There wasn't really anything on it that stood out too much, to be honest, apart from that match. Um, but yeah, that was on the Thursday. But we only watched that yesterday when we were catching up. Um, then this is where our WrestleMania weekend took a a bit of a, a swerve, um, if we say. Um, so. On the Friday, we were travelling up to Aberdeen uh, for my grand's 70th birthday, which was on the Saturday the, the meal we went out for, but we travelled up the night before. Um, so we left Glasgow about 8 o'clock in the morning, um, already having no sleep from watching Spring Break the night before. Um, when we got to Aberdeen, I met my family, went out for lunch, all that sort of stuff. It's a great day. So it was a very busy day going around. So when we got back to our hotel that night to watch some wrestling... We watch no such thing. Um, I think I put on some wrestling. Um, I don't even think we made it to SmackDown. We didn't, but we did have some fun in Aberdeen. So we went. Where did we go for food? That was nice. Yeah, went to the Brigadon. Um, I really enjoyed my neck that. of the woods. Yeah, I had a steak sandwich, which was stupendous. If you pardon the pun, um, <laughs> so I would I would recommend that to anyone in the northeast area. Yeah, because I got what was that a mixed grill, with no egg, obviously. Eggs are minging. Um, it was lovely. It was nice seeing your mum as well, just hanging out with her, because obviously last time it up, we saw your dad when he went to the wrestling. Pretends he's not a wrestling fan, but he is. Then he buys tickets for Aberdeen Anarchy. VIP as well. Even though he's apparently not a wrestling fan, so whatever. Um, so it was nice to hang out with your mum, seeing a bit more, because again, I was saying to you, whenever we go up to Aberdeen, because we're just going straight to the show, we don't really get a lot, we don't get to do a lot of stuff. We just normally go Burger King. And then that's it. We just kind of go to the show, so it was cool to hang out. And then we went into town and looked about there, which was class. And Kayleigh did her standard Aberdeen um, trip behaviour, which is dragging me to Plan 9, which, for those who don't know, is a comic book shop um, in Aberdeen. Every time, without a doubt, I always spend more money than I want to because I always find either an obscure comic that... And I've never, I don't know exists, or like some sort of graphic novel or whatever. Or I find something that I've been looking for for a while. It always seems to have some really good hidden gems. Like, 
honestly, if I was just to talk about half the weird comics that I got from there on its own, it would be a whole a whole episode. But well, we, well, we then afterwards jumped into oh. the the record store next door, which again, from looking at it, seems to be a, a sort of grassroots record store. You know, independent stuff. You know, they they had some of the best. Um, music in there, you know, take themselves very seriously. Um, an aficionado of music, some would say. Um, so we walk in, there's music playing. Very uh, loudly. Very loud, right? Kaylee walks up to the woman behind the counter. Um, and, and I was deadly serious with what I was doing. So Kyle's looking through music, which is all class. The woman's keen at Yaldi, she's looking at stuff. There's a couple of people in there that are looking for certain vinyls, asking questions, etc. But then I see a box. And this box says um, record store day exclusive. So I was like, hmm. Now, I've been looking for a very specific vinyl for a long, long time. And I thought, well, maybe it was a record day exclusive. Maybe they've got it somewhere. But again, I didn't want to have to trail through everything. Wasn't there trailing mid? So I thought I'd go up to the desk and ask her. So I walked up to this wee woman. Um, I was like, hello, excuse me. Excuse me, do you have... She was like, what? Do you have a... And so, turned the music off. And I was like, oh no, I can't say this out loud. So it's dead silent now. It is. You could hear a pin drop at this point. People turning around. And I, at the top of my lungs, went, <clears throat> do you have the Shrek vinyl? The lime green Shrek vinyl? Sorry? Slime green? Slime green. Um, the look on her face was one thing. The laughing from Kyle that he was trying to muffle at the back of the room was another thing. Turns out, no, she didn't have it. Um, I've now been slagged of everyone ever since then for, for asking for this. But honestly, I went to record store day trying to get some stuff. I got everything I wanted apart from this one vinyl. And for anyone that doesn't know, I am obsessed with Shrek. I can't describe it. I've even got like a Christmas Shrek for our Christmas tree. She's wearing a little hat. I've got a Supreme hat and the Shrek logo. Love Shrek. And I just really, really want this vinyl. I think it'd be a cool one for my collection. But um, especially your dad won't let me ever love it down. Yeah, because it was hilarious. Um, so yeah, so that was that's how we spent our Friday. So again, like we missed a lot of shows um, on the Friday just because we were so tired. But we went back and tried to watch them on the Saturday morning um, after we had a hotel breakfast, which oh, oh stupendous. So so good. I literally had half a plate of beans because their beans were amazing. Um, and then just you do that thing where you just pile it on and pile it on and pile it on to the point where you don't know what's under the bottom layer of your plate and what's on the top layer of your plate the best thing ever it's fantastic I'd recommend Ibis um, Ship Row good breakfast in there and we stay there every time so if you want to stalk us as well there you go there you go that's where the uh, Aberdeen Anarchy after party will be yep they always give us the same room for just now as well, which is class. Which so. is weird. Which is, that is weird. It just feels strange. We've <laughs> now uh, got our own gaff. But it's, we check in at different times as well, so it's not even like, I don't even, I don't know. They just know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, we, we kind of caught up on some stuff. We watched Smackdown, but we, we skipped through it a wee bit. Because um, weekly WWE, WWE um, TV isn't always that great. Trash. Even if it's called WrestleMania. Um, Smackdown the armbar was alright what? the Under the Giant Memorial Battle Royal oh uh, it was alright with the Andrew Memorial Um, it was again it's just it's weird the same match see if it was on Wrestlemania even the pre-show would have seemed better 
See, because it's just on SmackDown, it just seems second tier. Like, it just, I couldn't get behind it. Do you know what I mean? They should have had it there. Also, were they not talking about a couple of years ago, or did they not? They'd done it in Scrapped, didn't they? Did they not used to have a female one as well? They might have had it on that show, and we didn't see it. No, they didn't. It was meant to be named after, what's she called? Bodros. Oh, what is her name? Not Mae Young. Dillian. Her pal. Fabulous Moolah. That's Fabulous Moolah. Yeah, because you had that yeah. Moolah cut, which looked like a vagina. Yeah. Well, they stopped that right fast, didn't they? They did. So, <laughs> moving on. Um, what's that? Not really anything of note from, from SmackDown. Um, that night was Ring of Honor as well. Um, I caught up on that last night. FTR against the uh, Briscoes is probably my, my highlight from that show. Um, again, controversial opinion, but Bandido versus Gresham didn't live up to what I thought it was going to be. Um, not my thing, personally. But uh, the Briscoes and FTR was, was fantastic. And the Young Bucks showing up afterwards to to sort of stake their claim at the uh, FTR was uh, was very nice. was was very mm. good. Uh, so yeah, that show was, was half decent, to be honest. We've got to see our boy Joe Henry... On the pre-show. Oh, yeah. Uh, local hero. Looking really good. I know he always does, but looking really good. He is looking really good. Recently announced for Progress's Atlas Tournament, oh, which, has just been, which has just been announced. Um, so he's going to be wrestling the big boys. So he's going there. to be on the network again? Yes, he he'll, he'll, he'll be on the Fed work. Um, so, yeah, so what else was there we caught up on? There was the Triller panel, um, which I can't remember, it was like Thuzio or something like that, but it was... Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, William Regal, uh, Road Dog, Jeff Hardy was on there. Um, we've not watched the full thing, but we we watched it the first half of it, um, and there were some fantastic stories in there. Honestly, I'd recommend that. William, like, yeah, it was all really, really good. It's something just good even just to shovel in the background. It was one of those ones we expected just to put it on, not really listen to it, but then we were trying to get ready to go to Kyle's grand's party and just got obsessed with listening. William Rio is someone that, honestly, he could tell me anything and I would listen. He's got one of those voices and he did make a like an announcement. He sent him bringing a podcast out and that is something I would listen to, like, all the time. His stories were hilarious. Um, you've got Road Dog just talking about all the times that he was just out of it. Funny stories. Jarrett does his thing, but, yeah, Rigo was honestly the best part of that panel. We stopped it just before Jeff Hardy came out, though, because we had to go, so we do have to catch up on that to hear about Jeff, which... I'm still salty that I'm not seeing him now in two weeks, but I'll move on. We'll not get you started. Yeah. The only good thing is it looks as though someone else hasn't been announced yet, so at least I don't have to sit in a room with him. So that's good. Yeah. Um, we watched briefly Spring Night... Spring Night? Spring Break Night 2 last night when we were catching up as well. That was a Friday night show. Um, main takeaway from that was the, the big clusterfuck with... Uh, Mr. Sean Rossap, my hero, showing up um, and being eliminated by Denise Salcedo, another one of my heroes. You do. You are obsessed with both of them. I was just really excited to see Joey Jan- Janela. Like, I am obsessed with that man. He was quite good. He's a good-looking fella. I need, I need to go back and watch that again um, because the Invisible Man stuff is always so funny, um, even if Kayleigh doesn't watch any of it and sits on her phone and doesn't want to be interested by I it. told you I got a really interesting game I was in the middle of playing that so sorry but no what I did the one thing is though I was watching it and it, what was going on then I went away made something to eat came back it was still on but it felt like a whole other match because in the middle there was like all these women turned up and I was like oh have they got like a like another tournament now for the women nope same match 
went away, came back, and it was like a, a third set, like a third match. I obviously have missed a lot of it. I do need to go back and watch it. Um, and then we watched Stand and Deliver, which we didn't watch live because we were travelling back from Aberdeen. We travelled back on Saturday, um, which again is probably part of the reason I struggled to stay up for Mania um, on on night one. But yeah, we we travelled back from Aberdeen, um, got home in time to watch. Well, at least to skip through that show, um, skip out the the adverts and all that sort of stuff, and and watch that. So. Um, not really too much to take away from that. Enjoyed the ladder match. Um, it was always was fun. The Usos brother threw himself off the ladder. Oh, that which was disgusting. so sore. Um, and good then, match, though. And in another match, we always had Kayleigh Ray had her match, which was really good. Yeah. Um, but going back to the ladder match, that's one thing WrestleMania was missing this year. We didn't have the big ladder match. That's always one of the highlights of the year. Yep. And they just missed that. And you could tell they missed it as well. There was a big, like, it felt it was a gap. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that show. Um, Braun Breaker looks really good. Um, obviously now, from last night's Raw, he won the NXT title back um, against Ziggler. First time that title's changed hands on Raw, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and fun fact, um, this is the sort of thing that you get from Fightful Select, notification buzzed during this recording that that match was actually um, put together by... Shawn Michaels and Adrian, mm. uh, Matt Bloom. Uh, again, it's not expected that they're going to be full-time producers on the main roster. It just happened they were in Dallas um, and it involved NXT guys. So they got involved and put together. Um, That's really interesting. I like that. Which is, it is a cool touch to see Shawn Michaels having a a say on, on matches, mm. which I'm sure Dolph Ziggler loves. Yeah. Because he obviously is very inspired by him. By watching him. Well, at Stand and Deliver, he made the majority of his match um, throwbacks to Shawn Michaels, so that was really cool. So, that's pretty much all of the WrestleMania weekend stuff that I wanted to talk about. I don't know if there's anything you in particular want to talk about, Hayley. To be honest, not. not really. My thing is, see if I went back and watched all these shows now, I'd probably enjoy them more, but I was so tired during the last, like, four or five days that I was really struggling to concentrate on them. That's like the pro and con of this. It's really good to have all that wrestling on, so if you're really in it, you can watch it all. But on the other side, I just find it really hard to stay awake and actually concentrate. I start getting burnt out, so I feel like if I watched it now, I'd, I'd enjoy it more. Yes. But we're very different people. You just like to binge it. I do. I just love wrestling, to be honest. Me too. Um, but these ones, we have to actually watch them and pay attention. <sighs> I just don't have time. I love the wrestling, but see when you have to watch it. Oh. oh. No, you know what I mean? Shut up. Oh, watching it. Oh, get that away. Also, there was, do you know what? There's nothing worse. See when there's someone you watch in your first show and when they're a bit crap, I don't want to see them again, then they're on every show you watch. There was are, someone are you was... talking about Blake Christensen? Oh, yeah, he was on every show. He's really good, right? But I have no feelings towards him whatsoever. That's the thing. He's so dull. Honestly, I would rather hate or love someone, see when you just are indifferent. <sighs> no time. And he honestly, he popped up like a rash every five minutes. Even on he Ring... was sometimes in two matches mm. in one show, and I was like, go away. Even in Ring of Honor, which he feels normally safe from like the wee indie guys... Because it's normally their main roster. Him and Ninja Mac were on the show. Shut up, go away. He's made enough money now to not have to wrestle for the rest of the year. That's what he does. He comes out once a year, bang, 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 runs away. So, let's talk about WrestleMania, shall we? Might as well. So, night one. Um, we made the mistake of sitting through the pre-show, which we quickly fixed on night two. 
there is no reason to have a pre-show if you're not going to have matches on it. And before we go any further, I want to have a rant. Okay. What is the point in having a four-hour pre-show if, number one, you've got two of your main titles aren't getting defended at all? Like, I don't think they should be moved to the pre-show, but at this point, even not making the pre-show is even more of a slap in the face than anything else. Like, that's just disgusting. Like, ran over, because I'll go all day. And then the second thing as well, again, you had four hours worth of pre-show, nothing really came of it, and yet on night one, which we'll get into, one of the matches got cut. And then the second night, they had the match, and it was minutes long. What are you doing? Why have you got a two-hour pre-show? Like, what do you need it for? An hour to go through the video packages. We don't need to see people going to the ring. I'm not... If I wasn't already going to watch WrestleMania, do you think seeing big sweaty marks queuing up to go into a stadium is going to make me want to watch it? Yeah. Nah. This is, this is my issue as well with it. Like, it's just... It's too much. Like, an hour pre-show is long enough. But a two-hour pre-show with no wrestling... Like, they used to do the two-hour pre-show because they'd have the first hour, they would just talk... And then the second hour, they'd have a couple matches on it. Mm-hmm. And that was the whole point. And again, like you said, I don't think there's anyone that watches that and goes, oh, I'm going to buy the pay-per-view now because Jerry Lawler's making dad jokes to Booker T. I don't, yeah. I don't really get the, the correlation there. But we, we quickly fixed that on night two. But yeah, we unfortunately sat through uh, the two-hour pre-show hoping that there would be something WrestleMania-worthy. But again, it, if anything, it, put, it bored me. It put yeah. me off the show. It made me want to fall asleep. And also... Maybe we're privileged cause in the UK and that, and we've got um, the network. But where else can you see the pre-show that's not on the network? Um, USA Network does the second hour. Oh. And the first hour is on YouTube and all that sort of stuff. Okay, because I was going to say, if you can only watch it on the network, that's even stripper. Oh, so you've already bought it? Do you want to see more of it? Shut up, Chloe. Now, before we get into the matches, this is another thing... Um, just while you, you oh, I dropped my phone. Sorry. Um, this is another thing that is sort of just brought up to me there when you're talking about the the network. So apparently, you'll notice on night one of WrestleMania if you watched it, which I'd imagine you would otherwise. Why would you listen to us talking about it? Um, with WrestleMania night one, they had a lot of like video packages and like other things. Like it was it was quite strange. Like. They had rant- it wasn't even video packages. It was like, oh, here's what's on tomorrow night and all that stuff, which I didn't get. But apparently, on the basic level of um, Peacock, they get advert breaks or commercial breaks, as they call it in America. Um, so the reason they do those video packages is to have something that's not really missable, or mm. do you mean something that's missable um, on those spaces so that people aren't missing stuff by being on premium, right? But again. It's just silly. Like half the show, like I didn't. I'd be interested to see that how much minutes of that show were wrestling and how much weren't. Because um, WrestleMania should just be wrestling, yeah. or some sort of in-ring segment or something like that. Um, or at least call me old-fashioned anyway, because that's what I grew up on. Um, but that that aside, we'll, we'll not talk about the negatives too much because this show was really good. Also, do you know what else I don't get? Why is it for the last three pay-per-views they keep doing a random vignette of Sasha Banks just being Sasha Banks? She's not getting a push. It's not doing anything. It's just saying, here's Sasha, this is what she's done. And they do it for Bobby Lashley as well, but they're really random. There's nothing for them. You're not getting anything for them. They're just random vignettes they put together. Yeah, maybe. I don't know why. Makes no sense. Um, so we'll get into the matches. Uh, the opening match on WrestleMania Night 1 was 
Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura against the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Um, this one was one that was cut short because Rick Boogs unfortunately um, suffered a knee injury and had to, to be taken out of the match. So this only lasted about seven minutes in total. Um, the Usos retained their titles. Um, it's been reported that they were going to win anyway, but the finish had to be changed. Um, what were your thoughts on this match, Kelly? It was good. My favourite part of the match, as always, is when they come out and thingy. Pat McAfee gives it yelled on that table. Legend. Honestly, the best part of it. We made a good point. Imagine you're doing this big entrance and the camera's just looking at the, the commentator. You'd be a bit raging. But anyway, um, really good match to the point where Rick Boogs, he had his fake knee injury and then he lifted up one Uso and he pretended he couldn't do it and then it was fine. But he lifted up the second one and when he fell over, I honestly thought that was meant to happen. I thought it was meant to play up on his fake knee injury. So after it, when we saw everyone crowd around him at the end, I was like, oh, okay. Because it felt story t- it felt like part of the story. Yeah. It, it ironically worked really well. It made the story a bit better. Like, if that even makes sense. So, um, bit of a shame, though. They were starting to... Well, I know they've been doing it for a while, but good momentum behind them. People really like them. And I think the fact that the crowd get really into it because Pat McAfee's getting really into it makes it better. So it'll be interesting to see what happens off of that. Well, I hope they can do something cool, like... When uh, Dave Grohl broke his leg, and he had like the big throne where he used to sit and play Ooh. guitar, I'd love it if he did something like that. If he's able to be on the road, that is, like, he needs to go get surgery and stuff, and he might need to be out. But uh, yeah, that'd be quite interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought this match was was okay for an opener. Um, the Usos, Usos are always good. Do you know what I mean? They do their super kicks all that stuff. So um, yeah, it was a, it was a decent opener. Um, I noticed that they seemed to do this card a strange way. It was like in order of how important the matches were, um, apart from. Like, the women's matches were in the wrong order for me. But yeah, it was, it was a bit of a strange one. But next up, we had Happy Corbin with uh, Mad Cat Moss against Drew McIntyre. Um, fun um, tidbit on the, the Drew McIntyre part was um, apparently he was meant to have a big elaborate entrance. There was, like, extras there ready to be pipers and stuff like that. But at the last minute, he decided against it apparently and wanted just to have a, a standard entrance which is why he didn't really have anything cool when he came out he just came out in his kilt but I think it's with I, sword I think it's better sometimes I know you've got the Wrestlemania effect everyone wants to have everything big and, and everything but see someone like Drew doesn't really need it and in the nicest way possible how many times can we see him come out to bagpipers yeah I know that patriotic part inside you makes you really proud but it, they do the same thing every time and I'm come on that's it I will say, I did think the the kind of like part they were doing the night before, mentioning his mum and all that, was like, oh, that was a bit on the nose. That was a bit close to home, wasn't it? Yeah, but as well as I guess he signed off on it. Yeah. Um, Drew McIntyre picked up the win, which again, I'm not too surprised by. What I was surprised by, though, was that um, Drew kicked out of the end of days. So- First person to ever do it. Do you know, I had a weird feeling they were going to do it eventually because they kept making a big deal about it. But the fact that... I was a bit annoyed. He kicked out of it. But nothing really came of it. You'd think it'd be someone, like, big, it'd be a whole big deal that they kicked out of it. This was kind of like, just, hmm, it's done now. That That's it over with, which is a bit of a shame. Um, and I also just saw Baron Corbin did an interview, which was only, like, a couple of weeks ago, saying he would rather no one ever kicked out of his finisher than ever make it to the Hall of Fame or something because that would live on forever. 
and then someone kicks out of it. So well, that's what happened. He said it. He said yeah. it out loud, and Vince is went, "Hey, nope." <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was not really much to talk about in that match. To be honest, it was it was just a decent match. Um, we then had the tag team match between the Mysterios, Dominic and Ray against the Miz and his partner, internet sensation Logan Paul. Um, Logan Paul and Miz picked up the win, and this one was quite a short match, but what a match this was. I'm honestly surprised Logan Paul didn't come out dressed as a bottle of Prime, though. Like, him and KSI are really pushing that Prime, aren't they? Um, it was great. The fact he had the Pokemon card round his neck was a flex, but it did make me laugh that one of the first shows we went to in Aberdeen, there was someone wearing a Pokemon card <laughs> round their neck, and we then slaughtered them on this podcast about it to then Logan Paul did it on a whole other level. Well, see, the difference is the person in Aberdeen who did it, that card is probably worth like a couple hundred pounds. Um, Logan Paul's is worth five million dollars. Fair. So I would keep that room in it. That's that's probably the difference. Um, yeah, I thought this like, this match was such a surprise to me. Like, I don't know what I expected from Logan Paul, but it wasn't what I got. Like, he was incredible. Um, everything he did was absolutely fantastic. Um, he looked really athletic. His timing was really good. Um, apparently, um, Shane Helms has had a lot of involvement in, in kind of training him um, mm-hmm. as well. So, again, he's he was just really good, to be honest. I, I, I really enjoyed it. thing is, though, as much as he's a bit of a bam as a person, when he puts his mind to something, he does it. He's, he's really good at putting that forward. He's really athletic. He did get the wrong um, ring corner, though, which was something, but we let him off of that. Um, the Miz, as always, looks good. But if we talk about the Mysterios for a second, I love the fact that Dominic came out with his Ray-inspired Ray, his Eddie-inspired gear. That was a nice touch. Well, he had to look like his dad, didn't he? For God's sake. Yeah. But then, it was even funnier, Logan turned it against them. Logan then was doing the wee shimmy. That was fantastic. The three amigos. Honestly, I was sitting, my jaw was down. Of course he would do that. Like he's the heel. Um, I thought it was quite interesting at the end where Miz attacked Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. That was quite surprising. Um, but yeah, it was that was a, probably one of the biggest pops of the night. Funnily enough. Yeah. Um, and everyone says this whole thing about oh, why is there like celebrities in WrestleMania? And all that the celebrities in this like card probably got the better reactions. Yeah. Apart from obviously the the obvious like Stone Cold and stuff. But like the best reactions outside of maybe the women's title match were. People like Logan Paul, Johnny Knoxville, Pat McAfee, do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they really stole the show. So again, it's a good thing. But it's not really hurting anyone, so And do you know what? normally I'd be one of those people that would have a problem with the celebrities at the show, but these three made sense. Logan Paul made the least sense out of the three of them, but it still made sense, so I'm not angry about it. Yeah, exactly. We then moved on to the Raw Women's title match, which I already mentioned there. Um, was Bianca and Becky. They've had a massive feud going at this one. There was hair cutting and all that sort of stuff. So, again, this match had a, a big build going into it. They had the biggest build out of all of these, I would say. Yeah. I mean, Bianca obviously won the title last year um, at WrestleMania. That was, like, her big coming-out moment. Um, coming out? She, she picked up the win again this year. So, again, like... They're obviously thinking bigger Bianca, which is good. Again, she finally got her win back after Becky squashed her. Um, was it SummerSlam that happened that? Yeah. Um, Bianca looked better, though. So, Be- yeah, again, Bianca obviously came out on top here, which, again, this is why people get very 
short term mindsets about wrestling. Like things will happen on a show and you'll be like, Oh, why did that happen? Blah, blah, blah. But they forget that there's a bigger picture to it, it's a story. Um so uh, yeah, I think Bianca finally got her, her comeuppance against Becky, got the win. This was a fantastic match. It was really good and what I think was important, last year Bianca looked like the underdog. She looked she's a good wrestler, but she didn't have that star power about her. She just was a wrestler, she didn't have anything else about her. And this year she looked like a star. She looked like she was holding her own a lot better. Becky Lynch was doing her best Paramore impression as Hayley Williams. Um, not mad about it. She looked amazing. But yeah, it was an overall good match. And again, it helped. You actually cared about the match. There was a good build towards it. Um, even if you don't watch Raw every week, you knew what was going on. You always saw it in the, like, the news, etc. Um, so yeah, really enjoyed it overall. Thought it was a great match. I felt like this one should have been on later um, than where it did. But... There's obviously a reason they've put it where they've put it. Yeah, I think so. Um, again, I I was of the opinion that they should have moved this one around, but yeah, I get what you mean because I think we'll obviously get onto the later cards, but things like the Stone Cold stuff at the end. If you look at the card, what else should they have put on before this? I mean, do you know I mean like if they put Bianca and Becky up near the top of the card, probably would have taken away from that a wee bit yeah. Um, so yeah I think it sat perfectly kind of in that middle middle of the card um, and it's the second highest rated match of the night according to Cage Match um, only, title, only title change on this card interestingly mm-hmm. enough um, next we had Seth Rollins against his mystery opponent um, which turned out to be none other than the American Nightmare Mr Cody Rhodes thing is we all knew it was going to happen but until we saw it happen, we didn't believe it. I don't know if you were the same as me. Um, again, this was one of those weird ones. Like I said, we've heard the rumours, all the jokes about it, where they had the vacant sort of figure with the big neck tattoo, or who is it? Um, really well done, though. Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes was a match that was was great. I'd actually like to see more of them two together. I think they really worked well. The, the way Cody came out, again, it was... I didn't expect to see him coming out with his AEW theme, his look. Again, you joked he still his tattoo, of course he does. Um, but yeah, I think it just worked really well. I liked the little nod to Stardust, even though he didn't want anything to do with Stardust, so it was even funnier. But it just kind of came across him. But what do you think? Oh, sorry, I'm yawning there. I'm tired. I told you it was taking a toll on me. Um, so yeah, like the the big thing with Cody, and I, I saw someone mention this in a video. I can't remember who it was, um, but there was there were talks that there will be wanted AEW version of Cody Rhodes. They didn't want like a new version like the Stardust or like the old Cody Rhodes. They wanted the one that's been on the other channel. They wanted like that crossover, like in WCW and WWF, where like someone would show up, like Jericho would show up. And pretty much be the same Jericho that was on there initially, so like that's kind of what they were going for was to kind of have that, that whole vibe. Um, so I guess they've got that to be honest. Like they've got, mm-hmm. they've stole arguably the biggest name from AEW. We could put it that way. Yeah, I think it's interesting to, if you look at it this way, someone left there, got so annoyed, made their own company. And then left their own company to go back to where they were. That that says something, especially to the casual fan. That's that's weird. Like it's still, I still think it's strange the fact he's done that. 
Yeah, well, from what he's saying, I think he's kind of got to that stage in his career where he wants to follow after his father in terms of, like, being big and, like, and try to get, like, the world championships and all that sort of stuff. And it's something he can't do at AW because he kind of promised that he wasn't going to go for the world title over there. So he's came back to the RB. And I think this is the this is the thing, right? Like, Zack Ryder, or Mark Corona spoke about this on a podcast, like... Anyone in wrestling who tells you they don't want to wrestle at WrestleMania, they don't want to have another match at Madison Square Garden, they don't want to have all these cool moments, they're bullshitting, essentially. Like, you can act all cool and say, oh, nah, I don't want to do that. But if you were handed the opportunity to go out in front of 100,000 people or 65,000, if it's real numbers, and do your thing, you're going to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's that's the big thing, I think. That's the big draw just now from AW to WWE. Is AW are cool? Yeah, they're doing their big things, but their biggest show they've done is like twenty thousand people, whereas WWE are doing shows at like this WrestleMania and AT and T Stadium. You know, you're you're never gonna get that opportunity elsewhere. So, it makes sense. But then, and to kind of spin that, yeah, that's all cool, and I get that, and I agree with the logic. But he that was his that was like his child that was his thing that was something that he made with his friends is there not also that pride though that you'd want to get your company to that level rather than just jump ship because to me and again i'm fine with him being back no skin off my nose it seems a bit like he's through his toys at the pram he had a bit of an argument with um tony can he's then not got what he wanted threw his dummy out and went back running because he got offered more money rather than sticking it out and actually building and doing what he said he was going to do. He did it when it was fashionable, but now that he's not getting what he wants, he's like, mm, bye, which I think is a bit crap. Yeah, but, I mean, if someone was offering you a lot more money to go and do something that, you know, is the same job, you'd take it. So mm. it, it, you need to think about it. Like, I get that we see wrestlers at this thing, but in reality... It's a business. For as a businessman, his best move now is going back to Derby. Like he had a whole stadium screaming his name. Whereas he was in AEW and people were shitting on him. Yeah, but I still like it from another perspective. I had a job which I didn't enjoy and I left it. If I then got offered more money to go back to the same place and like, I don't know, like a higher level, I still didn't like it. I still didn't enjoy the background of it. So, for example, one of the things he was moaning about is how often he was on the road, all this and stuff, which he's done in interviews. He's just going to go and do that again. That's my thing. Again, whatever, like, we're getting into a debate about it. It's nothing to do with us. It doesn't matter. But I just think, to me, it's a bit strange. Clearly, he doesn't mean what he says. That's, that's the way I see it. And I get it. Like, you're saying it's like a business. It's a bit different than just a job. But how can you moan about something, hate it that much, leave and then be like, oh, it's not that bad. No, you're going to get to that same point. Nothing's changed. The first thing with insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a difference. Yeah, but think it's the same as, like, think of people like Drew McIntyre. Like, he was... See, see when we went back to the RB, you would have looked at that and went, that's a dumb idea. Like, he's... He was, wasn't used properly last time. We had him in 3MB... But he went away, made a career for himself, and he came back. And I agree. And I think it'd be the same with Matt Cardona if he ever came back. So Cody just went away, made himself a main event draw, which he never was in Derby, and he came back, and now yeah. he can do it. And again, I agree, but he also made a company to rival them. That's a bit, I think, silly. The fact that he's made that and then jump ship. 
where his company is not as if he made it and then I don't know try to think of like a shit company but imagine it was like half the size of that like tiny tiny wee thing you'd be like mm, okay does it really make any difference but they're their biggest competitor some people would say they are getting to a point where they would rather watch that like in some people's eyes that Nerds. is bigger to them neck beards but do you know what I mean something like that and you're trying to say oh it's not as if he had like a wee like town hall show he did this. That's the part which doesn't sit right with me. That's the part where it's like, okay, what is going on here? Do you just go wherever you hear yes? Yeah, I get it. But I'll be honest, I think the decision makes a lot of sense from his perspective. Like, he's got a kid, no, he's got a kid now. Um, he's got his wife. I think he's going to get a better lifestyle than mm. It's more secure. They're not going anywhere. If he comes in as a big draw, and I think... Here's the smartest thing, right? He is guaranteed to be successful in WWE, right? Because see if they... He's the first person they've taken from AEW, right? Mm -hmm. Or the first big name they've taken from AEW. If they mess him up, no one will ever jump ship again. He is in a, he's in a win-win situation. He's getting more money. He's getting whatever, whatever he wants to Vince at this rate. I guess he's got Vince over a barrel at this point. Um, and... He's probably going to end up with a title at some point and be top of the card because they want to prove a point that, look, if you come over here, we'll make you a top guy. And I saw an argument earlier about, but with WCW, they messed up their guys and all that sort of stuff, but that was very, very different. Um, back then, I think they wanted to make WCW look terrible. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're in the business of making AW look terrible because um, I think sometimes AW do that themselves, but like, <laughs> they're. It's one of those things that they just, they're going to want to promote. Look, if you come here, and to be honest, this is probably a big move for MGF to be watching. Yeah. What happens if I go to Derby in 2024 when my contract runs out? Is this what I'm going to get? Okay, I'm interested now. So that's that's really the, the gist of it. But yeah, I thought, going back to the actual match, the match was fantastic. Um, it went over 20 minutes, which surprised me. Um, again, it was just quality. Obviously, Cody got the win because it'd be silly not to. Um, him and Seth, I'd like to see them wrestle more often, like you said. So, yeah, buzzing on that one. It's really interesting just to see what they're going to do with it, but question for you. Do you think you're saying he's going to probably go for the title and stuff? Do you see him being the guy to take down Roman Reigns? No. I honestly don't know who's going to do it at this point. I mean, I don't know, to be honest. Like, I think so someone's going to take the titles from Reigns before WrestleMania because I still think they're going to bring in The Rock and have the Roman versus Rock in WrestleMania. Because after seeing Stone Cold come back, anything can happen. Like, at this rate, do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so I think we're going to get Rock versus um, Roman Reigns in Los Angeles on one of the nights main event. That is a big draw. So, you know, that would... To me, there wouldn't be a title on the line on that one. So, I think someone's going to take the title from him this year. Probably at SummerSlam. Mm. But I just honestly, looking at the roster, cannot see anyone that would do it. Well, they've got... They need to build someone up, I guess, at this point. Um, so, I think, yeah, I could see it being Cody. But... Yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see. Um, we then had the SmackDown Women's title match. So we get Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. I'll be honest, I just don't care. Like, 
I'm Charlotte Flair's a good wrestler, but I'm bored of her. She's. I need her to go away for a while and come back and reinvent herself. She's done the same thing for forever. She's what thirteen-time champion already. She's been the main roster what how many years? Six, seven years. That's a lot of times. She does the same thing over and over again. I'm just a I'm just a bit bored of it. And then Ronda Rousey, yeah. This second run she's having, I honestly couldn't care less. I'll I'll put it out there. The first time she came in, it was different. It was something brand new. They, by the end of her run, I felt like she started getting a bit stale, but whatever, she had a good reason to be there. Like She had the whole Becky thing going on. This time, I honestly just don't care, like, at all. It's just... It's not bringing anything for me. What's your opinion on it? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't interested in this match at all. wasn't interested in either of them. Um, I've never been a big fan of Charlotte, to be honest. I mean, she's an incredible wrestler. Like, that's the yeah. thing. She's incredible, but I'm not really interested in her. She doesn't really sell to me at all. Um, Rhonda, again, similar, to be honest. I do enjoy watching her batter folk, but, I mean, I wish they would just book Shayna the way they book her, because Shayna knows how to wrestle. Yeah, um, she's still not a good wrestler, Shayna. Um, sorry, Rhonda. She looks like she's only had, like, five matches. Which probably Which has. Which probably has. Um, but, yeah, I think... This match was never going to be fantastic, um, especially after having the, the Bianca and Becky match to follow. Um, and I think that's the the big trouble is if you have two women's main events on a show, they're going to get compared to each other. Um, and this one was the lesser of the two. Um, Charlotte retained the title. Not really much to say about this, to be honest. I don't really see much of... I don't really see what they're going to do with Ronda now. Also, when are WWE going to realise that Ronda's not the draw they think she is? She's no longer this... Again, like I said before, she was a novel when she came in. It was big for being the first one to do it. But now it's just like she's come back and I couldn't tell you one person that cares about that. I couldn't tell you anyone that was like, oh, I want to see this for to see what Ronda Rousey's doing. She's not the name she was anymore. She's lost that spark. If they really want to get someone in UFC coming in to cause a debate, get Conor McGregor. That's what I want to see. No, thank you. Um... So then we moved on to the, the main event. So originally it was the, the KO show with Kevin Owens and his guest Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, and this quickly turned into a match, which again, I don't think anyone expected what we actually got from this match, to be honest. Not at all. Um, I was expecting, you know, there'd be some sort of match, like, you know, Rock versus Eric Rowan at 32, that sort of thing, like where they do the quick squash. Um, Undertaker, John Cena, like that sort of thing. Like, see where they just quickly do it. Um, not a thirteen-minute brawl across the stadium. Stone Cold taking suplexes on the stage on the floor. Um, and did you see the little Easter egg as well? Stone Cold came out at three hours sixteen minutes to the show. Fair. So that's a little cool thing as well. Honestly, don't think they did that on purpose. I think that's a happy coincidence. No. But now the thing with this, right, is obviously with this match, um, the New Day versus Sheamus and um, Ridge got cut from the show, right, because of time constraints. Apparently, what well, at least one of them was very, very unhappy backstage, um, vocally about it. But I feel like, see if you're getting cut for Stone Cold, you can't, you can't be angry about that. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm sure some of the other matches overran. Like, look at the times of the matches. I've got a funny feeling Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins overran um, because it was over 20 minutes. 
and WWE never really do matches over 20 minutes unless they really need to. Yeah. Um, I think there was one the next night, which was Edge and um, AJ, which we'll get onto. Um, so there was a few matches that obviously overran and stuff like that, but yeah, I feel bad for them. They only got like four minutes or something like next night, which is which is sad. But um, yeah, I feel like you can't be too angry if you've if you've went again if you've been knocked off for for Stone Cold. But yeah, that match was amazing, and like I've honestly not seen anything like that. I did not expect it at all. It was like reliving my childhood. Yeah, it was honestly one of the best nostalgia trips ever. Um, and big shout out to Kevin Owens though. Um, he made that match what it was. Like he is one of the best in the world for that. Like, I know everyone was talking about him going to AEW and all that, but I bet he's glad he didn't now because he's just had one of the most memorable matches in WrestleMania history. Stone Cold's first match in almost 20 years, and he really carried it, obviously, because there's only so much Stone Cold can do. He did a good job, but it's all on, it's all really on Owens for his, his selling. So, um, credit go home happy. Stone Cold wins um, against Kevin Owens, and, and what, a, what a night that was. It was really, really good. There was something interesting to see. So, like you were saying, it came out, had the good... The, the Hearing that Glasgow was one thing. Then he came out, the kind of, like, trash-talking. Kevin Owens was brilliant. Just the little things he was saying. It was slow, it was quiet, and just said things, just got the crowd going. Austin came across amazingly. And then, like you're saying, they started wrestling. And the first thing we were like, it's not going to go long. It's just what is. Stone Cold's getting, like, suplexed onto concrete. They're in the crowd... They then did multiple suplexes on the stage. Did not see that coming at all. Um, and it was weird. This was one of the first times seeing some... Like, cause I don't know about you. We're at that age when legends come back. It's normally someone that was kind of a bit before our time. So they come back. It's interesting. You know who they are, but you, you don't really remember seeing them like live. You know what I mean? This was the first time that I can think of someone like that who I've not saw in years came back but I had that weird feeling that like I felt like a kid again like, there's some people that have came back over time but no one's gave me that same feeling like I was like transported back to my child watching him and I thought that was honestly such such a such a moment um, yeah yeah what do you think again like I said it was a brilliant match so again ended off the show on a, a very much a high um, night two had a lot to live up to. Also, before we move on, do you know something? You know how that famous scene in Spider-Man where Tobey Maguire catches that tree and everything's amazing? Can we talk about how Stone Cold Steve Austin can catch beer cans like anywhere in that arena? It caught, like, what was it, about 22 in a row? Always amazes me. Bit by a spider, that man. Calling it now. Okay. Um, so, night two, again, a lot to live up to. I mean, to be honest, I didn't really have any expectations going into... <laughs> night two to be honest um, don't know about you I was looking forward to it and something that we discussed night one had all these big matches it had some of the biggest matches you would say of the weekend so if anything ironically I thought night two was going to be better because I had no expectations which in the end kind of was overall I would say it was the better show do you have a preference of that of um, show I mean, I'd, obviously looking back at it now, it's different, but like going into it, I think all the matches I wanted to watch were on night one, for the most part. Um, and I was really intrigued by the, the Stone Cold stuff. So, I mean, like on paper, night two doesn't really have anything to it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Again, I think that's what made it. Because 
And again, just to summarise what I said a minute ago, night one, you wanted to see this, you wanted to see that, you wanted to see Stone Cold, and yet it did live up to what you expected, which was brilliant. But having a show where you don't expect anything means that it can only go up from there. So I felt there was more, like, surprises, more, ironically, more shocks and more like, oh, interesting, mm, didn't expect that. I felt like it was nice. But then again, it could also be the fact that I wasn't running on fumes during this show. So I actually got, like, I felt like I wasn't having some sort of power trip halfway through. Yeah, I mean, that was the thing for me as well. Like, like we said, like, Saturday was so hard to stay up for. And again, sitting through the two-hour pre-show doesn't help. So I think, yeah, Sunday obviously being a bit more chill day definitely made it a bit easier mm -hmm. to stay up for. Um, again, I think it's been such a while since we actually watched wrestling live um, as well, which kind of makes it a bit harder because we're not so used to, to that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes it Like, we really only stay up, what, the Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank and um, WrestleMania, the ones you stay up for. SummerSlam I try, but if I'm working, it's not the end of the world. And the rest of them you can kind of just catch whenever. So, yeah, these are the only ones you really make an effort for. And we're getting too old. <laughs> like, there was at one point, I think it hit, like, half 12. We were so close, but I was like, if you tap out now, I'll tap out. Like, I'll, I'll do it. Glad I didn't, though. Yeah. So, going into tonight one, night one, night two, um... We had our first match of the night, um, a match that I didn't really have any expectations of, um, mm. was the the Raw Tag Team Championship match, which was Arcade Bro, Alpha Academy and the Street Profits. Again, this was one, we were talking about who thinks going to win. There was no way, in our opinion, that Alpha Academy or the Street Profits were going to have the WrestleMania moment. It felt like Arcade Bro were the only logical team to win. You had an idea that we were going to do the split, were you not? Yeah, like that was my original original thought. But then when I looked at who they were against, it didn't quite make sense because I, I like I said, I didn't think they were going to lose it to either Alpha Academy or the Street Profits. To be honest, honestly, I hope they never break up. I hope even if they go on their singles run, they just shake hands, walk away. I I never want to see them turn each other. I love them. Um. And overall, again, RK Bro, it's nice to see Randy Orton loving what he's doing. He's, it doesn't look as if he's had this much fun in years. And it's funny because we watched the Pat McAfee show after it, well, the next day, and he literally said it himself. You can you can see it in his eyes. He's really enjoying what he's doing. Matt Riddle, as always, is hilarious. But his, um, his slider bit didn't work. Did you notice that? I didn't, actually. I saw the birds and that was about it. Yeah, his shoes were still in the ring, so something went awry. Um, but yeah, I think the, the next part on that was Alpha Academy. Otis is just so funny. And then you had your favourite part of the night with um, Chad Gable's new thing. The shoes. Which is probably my favourite gimmick ever. So yeah. Why did that make you laugh so much? I don't know, it's just funny. Like, I just didn't expect it. Cause I've not really been keeping up with the, the actual TV show recently, so I've not seen it until his entrance came out. So, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, and then we've got the Street Profits. Always doing good, always just consistent. And that takes us on to our one of our first questions that we've got. Yeah, so we've got a question from friend of the podcast, Billy Strachan, who asked... Um, 
was Montez Ford actually at the Regal Rumble copying, well, because he copied uh, Ronan King's monkey flip escape? I heard he's a big fan of the WrestleZone social media. He has that on tap. He got that sent to him. It was actually the move was so spectacular that managed to get its way to WWE's locker room and they thought, we need a piece of that. Who could pull that off? The only man for the job, Montez Ford. Well, Ronan asked, who does it better? Was it the amazing, gorgeous, thrilling Ronan King or that low-life Montez Ford? It's a hard one. Put it this way. What one made you jump off your chair and love it? You watched online multiple times. You pressed the retweet button. It's clearly Ronan. Ronan, Ronan took it there. Ronan has bet that. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, I'd say so. So we've got some more questions, but we're going to leave them till later on. Um, next match we had up was Bobby Lashley versus Omos, a match that I did not care for. I was not interested in prior to the match and was not interested in during or after the match. Honestly, I know that Vince McMahon loves big sweaty men, but Omos is terrible. There's He brings nothing. He should not be getting a singles push at WrestleMania. Like, this whole undefeated streak that he's going on, just, no, I don't care. Like, another one, I just do not care. I'm so indifferent that it's just, it's embarrassing. Yeah, I don't get why Lashley was back for this. Like, I, don't, I don't know why they, they made such a big deal to bring Bobby Lashley back. And this was the big hype, like, oh, he's got a match at WrestleMania against Omos. Like, I, don't, I don't really get it, to be honest. Like, it was a bit of a, a strange one. The match itself wasn't very good, to be honest. Like, yeah, Omos threw himself into the ropes at one point, pretending he was getting Lashley. It just, he is not a good wrestler. Literally, he's only there because of his height and his size, but that, that's it. I'm not being funny. If that's all they're looking for, there is many tall, built, actual wrestlers that they could get. They don't need to defend, like, stick on Omos, who brings nothing. Even when this was an AJ, it was a push to make him relevant. Now he's on his own. He's just... That could have... And again, bringing it back, look at the match that got cut and look at the match that went. Like, this match got longer than the Nudie, who just recently, one of them was, like, the champion at WrestleMania. Do you know what I mean? Makes no sense. Yeah. Um... We then had the, what is probably my favourite match of the weekend, is the Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn Anything Goes match. This went way better than expected. What about you? Yeah, I think, like, I don't know what to expect from this match, but it wasn't what actually happened. Like, I don't know how to describe that. But yeah, like, this match was was something else. Uh, Everything was just funny. Like, it everything just hit perfectly. It wasn't like there was any awkward moments in it. Mm-hmm. It was every single moment was just spot on. Honestly, do you know what I expected before this? Remember years ago that really terrible match Dean Ambrose had with Brock Lesnar where it was meant to be a hardcore match but they had like two weapons and then it was just, that was it. Nothing happened and it was maybe this big moment. I honestly expected that to happen. I expected Johnny Knoxville come in, throw himself about a wee bit because well, he's no fear. And nothing really come out of it, but this was, this is what you needed. This was like a good break after watching something as boring as Bobby Lashley and Omos. This really just brought everyone up. Everyone was laughing, and 
yeah, it's not your typical wrestling match. People don't take it seriously. People at Jim Cornette are probably blowing blood vessels, but honestly, very funny. Very well choreographed. Something people probably won't think about as much. Like you were saying, everything just slid into each other nicely. Yeah, I think it just built perfectly. And again, the, the mouse trap at the end was oh, exceptional. His shoulders uh, weren't in the mat, though. Yeah, but they were on the mousetrap. It's still not the same. But anyway, I'll let it go because it was funny. Right, are we not going to talk about the best thing that happened in that match? Which was? The Andre slam with Wee Man. Yeah. That was amazing. And then I liked that he had his T-shirt and he, like, scratched out the the sign so it just said Wee Man on it. Great. Perfect. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, again, it was good to kind of see them involved because I noticed at ringside there was like Tremaine and a bunch of other guys, but none of the normal jackass guys were there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, that's a bit strange. But then obviously Party Boy got involved and then Wee Man. So it was it was good to see them. Um, so yeah, I just thought it was a it was a fun match to be honest. And Sami Zayn pulled that off amazingly. So yeah, yeah. shout out to to Sami Zayn on that one. Um, we then had the women's fail four way match, which again up. I'll be honest, I wasn't really interested in this, to be honest. Really? What about you? Well, no, not at all. I knew it was I knew it was going to be good. There was good people in the match. My problem is, and it's not just for the women, I hate when they do it with anybody, why do they put just two singles people together and try and say it's a tag team? Like, there are tag teams out there. Think of all the tag teams they got rid of and they do this. That's my one gripe. I don't see the point of them having women's tag team titles if they've got no women's tag teams. Like, that's... But ran over. Um, Naomi and Sasha, of course... I feel like it was obvious they were going to win. They're the biggest names. Sasha finally got her moment at WrestleMania, which is well overdue. Um, some would say last time she was in that stadium, she got um, screwed out of it. Obviously, you were there firsthand. So... And also, this is the first time I've, I've spoke about WrestleMania in Dallas and Kyle's not told he's been there. So, well done. Well, because it's not as cool now. Because there's now been more. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like... Eh. Maybe the first. Yeah, but it's not as it's not as big, isn't it? It's like, oh, I went to me in Dallas, or which one? That's not as fun. So I guess it's it's lost its spark a little bit, especially because now I've went to the worst WrestleMania in Dallas um, compared to all, all three nights. So, yeah, I mean, this match... Sasha got a moment that was cool, um, but yeah, could have done without this, to be honest. Yeah. Like, Carmela's mask is just weird, but I think it's because she's getting married, doesn't want to get beat up. Um, I don't know about you, that Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley entrance, I think, was most people's sexual awakening. I mean, okay. <laughs> um, people online were complaining that Rhea didn't look like Batman. She did not try to look like the Batman, she tried to look like a bat. Like, that was her whole thing. But... They're they're interesting. They're like an interesting team. And going on to the next match, I think could relate quite closely to Rhea Ripley, which I think would be pretty interesting. And um, my whole thing is Shayna Baszler. We mentioned it earlier on. I feel like she needs she needs pushed better. There's so much more she can do, and she's just been stuck in tag teams with Natalia, which isn't the worst thing. Natalia's a great wrestler. I get that, but Natalia's kind of at that point just now. I don't think she's really going to get that main event push again so she's kind of like good wrestler bit of a lead balloon though if you're stuck with her you're kind of you're not really going for unfortunately yeah I get that which says a lot 
when you've got someone at the towel, you're not getting a, a shot. Yeah, I mean, I like her, but she's really bringing much to the table, I guess. So that's probably the big thing. Um, next match, we had big spooky goth edge against AJ Styles, who uh, doesn't seem to look where he's going. And <laughs> this is clattered. Opinion on Edge changing his theme song. I get it. It suits the character. If he's going to be a heel, then you don't really want something that everyone pops for. I think everyone pops for the song more than him. Um, it's the Judas effect. I'll be honest, I've never been a big fan of Edge. I think out of the Hardys, Christian and Edge and Dudleys, Christian and Edge were the worst out of them all. Um, and he's never really entertained me. Never really bought into him as a, a singles guy. That's big so. talk. We're very different people. I really like Edge. I think, I'll be honest, since he's came back... He's been a bit boring for me. Like, I was really buzzing to come back. It was great. I was excited. But then since then, I've not really been interested in him at all. There's been nothing that I've been, oh, I need to watch that for, for what Edge is going to do. Nah, I, I, I could take it or leave it. Um, it's nothing exciting. But this is the first time they've changed someone's theme song and I've not been mad about it. It was a good song. It fit him. It wasn't just another generic guitar riff that they seem to give everyone these days. And then at the end, with the whole um, Damien Priest coming out, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing. Yeah, like goths. Yeah, because there was reports of the the faction, um, the Edge was was building, um, online for the last couple of weeks, and obviously we've now saw the start of it. We saw Damien Priest and Edge, um, teaming up. I think it should be interesting. Um, obviously Damien Priest didn't have a match on Mania, so it's good to see them building him up because you know he's probably one of the the better names that have came through in recent years. He's got a lot of hype behind him. So, yeah, it, it's definitely good to see them putting him in some interesting sort of angle. And I'm always a fan of big spooky goths. And then the rumours that are floating about, there's a couple of rumours. The first one was, I think, they're looking at Champa to join, yep. which, I don't know, that, that just doesn't sit the same. I feel like you've got two big, long-haired goths and then a wee bald man. I don't know how that's going to look. I feel like their gear and all that's going to go together. I kind of see Champa dressing like Damien Priest. Could you imagine that? Seeing Champa stomping a pair of golf boots? Four corner style? Not me. Nah, I think he fits in. Um, again, there's obviously the talk of Rhea as well, who definitely fits in with that sort of aesthetic. Oh, um, yeah. So yeah, I think it could be interesting to see where that goes. Um, the match itself, for me, was too long. Not really much to it, to be honest. Um, it was... I guess one of those things, I guess if you're a fan of the guys and you're bought into the storyline, then cool. Um, if, like me, you aren't, you're probably a bit bored of this match, to be honest. So um, I'm a bit biased in the wrong way because I don't really like it. But I don't know about you. Well, my unpopular opinion, AJ Styles is a great wrestler. He has obviously been a great wrestler for many years. But seeing the last couple in WWE... Every match he does is the exact same. Nothing excites me anymore. Because there's, there's just nothing makes it stand out. See if you were able to, I don't know, superimpose just him and not see who he was wrestling against. I would, I can tell you. Every match just seems very similar. So I, I just feel like, again, another one hasn't changed up in years. He looks the exact same as he looked when he came into the company. So yeah. nothing's changed about him. So why do I want to see him now? Why do I care what he's doing now when he looks the exact same as when he did when he came in? His hair's slightly longer. That's a bit. So, yeah. 
I just feel like he needs to evolve a bit, which is something that actually I'm finding a lot of them need to do right now. And it's really, they're starting to be a big shift. There's half of them that just haven't changed at all and half that are really changing it up and you're starting to see more of a divide than normal. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Again, they seem to be carrying on the the sort of storyline with Edge and, and Damien Priest now, so that's, that could go somewhere interesting. What happens with AJ, I don't know. Uh, again, not really interested. To be honest, um, he's got that Jericho thing, you know, where Jericho reliant would come back, do some matches, but until he reinvents himself again, he's just kind of like he just gets put into those random matches as like a filler. You always know you're gonna get a good match out of him. Yeah, it's like that. But then the match that never was on night one, uh, Ridge Holland and Sheamus against the New Day, um, got a whole one minute and forty three seconds on uh, on night two. Um, we got to see Pete Dunne or Butch as he is now finally on Wrestlemania to be honest his wee gimmick I'm liking oh, I don't know I'm biased like I would watch Pete Dunne do anything and I will emphasise on anything I honestly fancy the pants off him but this whole scrappy do thing do you know why it insults me it's not even the gimmick it's the hat the hat insults me it doesn't sit on him because he's got such a big man bun like, it's just weird I'm not feeling it at all. But I think, honestly, that's kind of insulting that the match was only 1 minute 43 seconds. It is what it is, I guess. There's only so much they can they can do. So, again, I don't really see why it was cut from night one if that's how long it was going to be. So, yeah. um... I liked the New Day's gear was a really good touch. The little nod to, to Big E was amazing. But again, I've said it once, I'll say it again. I think that there was a two two nights... When you actually add up how much time all these matches were, it's just over an hour and a half. It's under two hours worth of matches on a three-hour show. A four-hour show. On a four-hour show, which when you add that up is disgusting. Just shows how much filler there is, and they get a one-minute forty match. Like that's that's not okay. Yep, I mean, it's the nature of the beast, though. Some people don't even get a match on WrestleMania, so they can't really complain too much. Almost got a match. Um, that's what I'm saying. True. Um, so next up, we had what was my favourite match of the night, my favourite whole moment of the night, um, where Pat McAfee against Austin Theory with Vince McMahon. Um, one, Pat McAfee is incredible. Yes. Two, Vince McMahon is back. <laughs> Mr. McMahon is back. Um, man had the vest on. He oh. was he was going for it. I was waiting for that do rag to get put on. I was sitting there. If he did that, oh, best moment. But yeah, honestly, fantastic match initially with Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. Um, again, I thought it was just really good. Um, the spot where Pat McAfee did the um, backflip, land on his feet, jump up onto the top rope, superplex. That was insane. There's, yeah. there's a lot of wrestlers in the roster that could not do that, um, but he can somehow do that, which is wild for a retired athlete um, is is mental um, well this is the thing we've saw him on NXT and he was on like, war games and stuff he did a couple of things his matches were good, really good but it's been so long since I actually remembered what he was like and with it being NXT I thought always oh, probably had weeks to go over this etc etc the things he did at Wrestlemania honestly put some more credit on his name as you were saying, there's a lot of wrestlers couldn't do half the stuff he could do there, which is really impressive. Um, I would like to see him wrestle more. And I also don't, if you know what I mean, because he's such a good commentator. I don't want to kind of ruin it. I don't want 
I want this to be like a one-off kind of big thing, but I wouldn't be mad if he got some more matches under his belt. Yeah. So the match itself, he picked up the win um, against Austin Theory, who put out a good showing as well. Uh, but his undefeated streak at WrestleMania did not last very long. Uh, Mr McMahon, as we said, then got in the ring with his vest, decided to have a match with uh, Pat McAfee, which lasted 3 minutes and 45 seconds, um, over double the length of the New Day tag team match for anyone that is keeping count at this point. Uh, Mr McMahon then picked up the win after volleying a foam football into the chest of Pat McAfee. You know how you get a midlife crisis? Is Vince having like an end of life crisis? Yes. He's just like, well, if I'm going to go, I might as well be in the ring. Um, like you were saying, even Vince going in the ring was something that after the night before when you saw Stone Cold, you were like, nah, nah, I couldn't. What year is this? Honestly, it was wild. And then um, Vince McMahon won, he raises the hand, him and Austin Theory... Austin Theory's music goes off and Vince shits his pants and we're all like, what? What's this about? About 30 seconds later, the glass smashes. Of course it does. Well, I called it um, probably about three minutes before. Because uh, it, it just made sense, didn't it? Like, of course, like, we're finally going to get Mr McMahon and Steve Austin getting their final payoff and ultimately doing what they should have done at WrestleMania 17 with Austin hitting it, coming out, hitting that Stone Cold Stunner on Vince and uh, sending the crowd home happy. I say sending them home, it was before the main event, but, you know, the crowd were absolutely buzzing off the back of this. So, again, this was oh, chef's kiss. And also, this may be one of the best stunners I have saw in my life, ironically. Um, we just need to take a moment just to think, like, what... How many stunners has Vince McMahon taken in his life? Loads. I know he's never been brilliant at them. I know he's, like, in his 70s. There was no excuse for what happened there. His knees buckled. He fell into the rope. He then fell into Austin. Austin might stunner him. He landed on his knees. And I don't know about anyone else. The way he fell and crumbled into a ball and his eyes were wide open, I legitimately thought he was dead. I was shouting, he is dead. So the fact that Stone Cold was laughing over his body, drinking beers, I thought, mate, if this is how Vince McMahon goes, this is, this is going to be a morbid end to the show. Yeah, and I, again, it was really good. Um, I just thought the whole moment of Stone Cold stunning off... Um, Stone Cold Stunner and uh, McMahon in the ring in front of all the people in Dallas is is one of those moments like you know when you look back in like twenty years of like big wrestling moments that'll be one of them. So yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Even though the 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 sell was quite funny, um, and again Pat McAfee played this off perfect as well. Um, again, Stunner himself drinking the beer while he was out at ringside. Uh, yeah. yeah, this was just a, a perfect segment. Probably one of the best WrestleMania segments of of all time for me. Um, Do you know why it made it perfect too? Not just because you got what you always wanted. It was silly. It was finally WWE not taking themselves too serious and everyone was just loosened up and had a great time. And with that being said, going into this next match, which again was a very serious match, the crowd felt loose and felt all good. They weren't like... They kind of sometimes they put so many serious matches on in a row, you get really like worn out, burnt out. It was lovely. You just felt you felt hyped for this next match. Which is ironic because I have nothing to say about this match. 
Um, we had the Universal title, WWE title unification match between Roman Reigns and, and Jey Uso. And Jey Uso? Roman Reigns and uh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I honestly have nothing really to say about this match. It was... There's nothing memorable from this. I've actually forgotten everything about it. It was decent. It was a match. Nothing overly exciting happened. Like you're saying, it. there wasn't a point. And the one downside I had, as well as a decent enough match, it didn't feel like the two belts were on the line. Do you know what I mean? Like, Do you remember years ago when they were unifying the titles? It was Randy Orton and John Cena. And they were both fighting like their life depended on it. And then, like... They were getting like handcuffed to the ring, and there was like all this stuff, and you honestly felt like your life depended on getting these two belts. It did not seem that way during this match. It was just another match. They have wrestled numerous times before as well, so maybe that took a spark away a little bit. Yeah, it was just a bit strange, wasn't it? And I'll be honest, I thought Brock was taking it. Only because my logic was, as much as it made sense Roman taking it, my logic was, if Brock doesn't take it, it makes no logical sense who could take this off him. There needs to be someone bigger than Brock. There, at this present time, there's no one bigger than Brock. And I honestly feel there's no one that you could build just now fast enough to be bigger than Brock, even in time for next mania. Yeah, but this is like remember how wrestling works? Like They need someone to hand over the... The reigns too, ironically. Um, who beat reigns? Like, it needs to be someone who's up and coming. Like, there's no point bringing back someone who's already massive, like Cena or something. Like, that's why I'm happy Lesnar didn't win it because there now needs to be someone else at reigns level. So whether or not they bring someone up over the next year or so, maybe it's Cody, maybe it's not, and then they bring them up to that level by beating him because that's what we need. But the issue is, the we haven't done this for years. They've not done wrestling properly for years, so we're not used to it. We're used to Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg, Bobby Lashley. Do you know what I mean? So it's like they've not, they've never actually built anyone at this point to be like, oh, here's the new guy, he's a champion, let's go for it. Or when they do, they give him the belt for five minutes to go off him, like Biggie. They finally built up Biggie, and then they went, nah, not anymore. Put it back again. I don't think they actually built up Biggie. I, they've not cemented him as a top name. No. They gave him a title, and this is the big thing. Dolph Ziggler held the World Heavyweight title. He was not a top guy. Like, Derby have the power to make someone a top guy, but they don't do it uh, for whatever reason. Um, they'll give people titles and stuff like that. Like, Dean Ambrose was a champion back in the day. He was WWE champion. He was not a top guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, th- this is the thing. Like, the only top guy they've had new in the last, what, 10 years... Is Roman Reigns. Yeah. Like, even, like, Drew, they gave him the title and he had a big run and he made a at WrestleMania. Where is he now? He's not a top guy. Like, this is the issue with, with the Robbie just now. Um, so hopefully they build someone up. Hopefully at SummerSlam they take that title and then Reigns has his big moment um, at WrestleMania next year. No title on the line. Him and The Rock. Let's go for it. Honestly, see... It would be interesting to see where they go with this. I'm all, I'm still gutted that they kind of halted on um, Jey Uso going for it. I thought that could have been an interesting way to do it. Now I feel like the title's got too big, Roman's got too big. At the time, it felt right, kind of going with the whole Jey Uso, Roman Reigns thing. But now, like you're saying, now Roman has way overshot where he is and they've just pushed Jey back down again. But 
I was liking that. They were trying to build someone new and it was quite interesting for a while, but like you're saying, you, you never really know where they're going to go with it, which is kind of exciting, to be fair. And what I'm hoping is, I'm hoping that now they've started taking someone like Cody Rhodes over, Vince McMahon is maybe loosening up a little bit, open to some new ideas. Let's see where it goes. Right, so overall, WrestleMania, what's your opinion? WrestleMania 38. Overall, This is the most I, stupendous WrestleMania. I was more impressed by it than I thought. Before WrestleMania, I was kind of like, mm, just another... Nothing made me exciting. And that says a lot, considering Stone Cold was on the show. Nothing was really... I can't wait to watch this. I was watching it because I watch it every year. After watching it, I'll honestly say it was a great show. And it had something for everyone, which is something you've not had in a lot of years. There's been good moments the last couple of years but it's been really predictable. So as much as you've liked it, you've been like, I want this guy to win, he wins. You're like, cool, you get that satisfaction. You've not had many surprises. This one felt like, it felt like a turning point. I don't know if you felt that same feeling. Yeah, it's the first time they've actually let go and had fun. Yeah. In in many, many years, like, WrestleMania is meant to be that. Like, that was the whole point of WrestleMania initially. It was like a mixture of entertainment, wrestling, comedy. It was like everything together. That's why Vince came up with it in the first place. But then it just became a big wrestling show, like which you can watch wrestling anywhere. But I've got a funny feeling that this has been pushed by the competition recently because they've got AEW, who AEW will always put on a better wrestling show than WWE. That goes without saying. They have not necessarily better wrestlers, but they have people equipped to put on better in-ring matches and they allow them to do it. They're not focused on all the other stuff that WWE are, right? So Derby are always going to be able to, are going to be in the back foot there, and I think they're now accepting that and being like, well, what do we do best? What got us here? Entertainment, and that's really what this show was all about. And mm-hmm. it was just entertaining. I've never like there so many so many times throughout the show, I was excited, I was happy, you know, I was annoyed at some point. You know what I mean? Like that's what wrestling should be. It should really mm-hmm. take on that emotional roller coaster. So again, I, it's probably one of the best WrestleManias in absolute donkeys and even then not just what was in on the show and in the show little things like this was the first year there was just so much chaos outside it like Stephanie McMahon was taking photos with half the GCW roster like when did you think you were going to see that like just everyone seemed loose and just having a good time really exciting to be back and and it sounds crazy it was the first time in a long time during WWE didn't think about there being a pandemic going on yeah, that's a good point, actually. Like, everything just seemed normal for once. So, yeah. Again, very, very happy with this year's WrestleMania. Um, I think it's really ignited that spark again for wrestling for me. Um, it always does. Like, wrestling always kind of brings you back to that point where you're like, oh, I love wrestling so much. And it reminds you of that. But this one especially was just so fun. So, again, there's a lot to live up to this year to see if any if any other show can match these shows. Um, we'll... We'll find out. But Kayla, have you got any final thoughts on WrestleMania as it stood? No, that was kind of everything. Um, it's like always, I'm always excited to see what happens after WrestleMania now, see where they take it. I'm really excited to see what they're doing with his whole Roman Reigns thing. But the thing that I'm most excited off the back of WrestleMania is seeing what's going to happen with Edge and his brood. Like, that's something that I, I want to see. Um, and we'll see how everything else slots into that and just see how it, it turns up. But Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do have some questions um, 
from our, our great listeners. We've already answered a couple of them um, before. So I've got a few questions um, to answer. So first one comes from Scout, who asks, will the Iron Sheik ever make it to the ring? Oh, I was so gutted. I was waiting and hoping for the Iron Sheik. I love Sheiky Baby. So I hope he does. I hope he has one last one last moment in WWE. Well, may, I, maybe Bobby Hayden's calculations were just a little bit off. Maybe it'll be WrestleMania 39. Yeah, maybe he's not very good at maths. There's a lot of hits to the head. So so we'll see. We'll see. I'm hoping for a, a cheeky baby return. Um, another question from friend of the podcast, Billy Strachan, at the Scottish Wrestling Network. Um, why hasn't Mickey Vigo got Bull James on the mosh pit yet? Now, before we answer that... Um, Mickey Vago, friend of the podcast, um, host of the Moshpit, has tuned in with just a wee comment saying, can save you some time there um, and answer that now because he's a prick, is uh, is Mickey's answer. Well, it's funny, it did always seem like a prick and then hearing his stories about that, I, I back that up. You just get a vibe off people and he seems like a bit of a bellend, so fair play. And our final question comes from again... Billy Strachan, as always, Billy Strachan. Uh, has the Damien shirt mysteriously disappeared yet? No, I've been wearing that quite often. I wore an axe thrown. Um, I got some good compliments on it. Even my dad likes it. My dad hates everything. Um, I wore it the other week um, after I got it in work. Well, I say in work. I mean in my house on a work call because we don't go to offices. And I got loads of compliments. People thought it was an actual Scott Pilgrim top, so I was like, actually, no, it's a, it's a Damien top, so free rep. There we go. So that is it for our WrestleMania week um, discussion. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, these podcasts should drop every Tuesday. And we mean that now. From now on. Um, we've got a few things coming up this month, which will be quite interesting again um, our next big thing will be for the love of wrestling um, in Liverpool on the 23rd and 24th of April if there's anyone that's listening that's actually going to the show or going to the, the event please let us know because um, we we don't really know anyone else that's going so it'd be nice to it'd be nice to see people uh, so yeah we're looking forward to that I'm going to meet some some good names JBL so buzzing. Bray I know Wyatt. he doesn't do it, but I really want a picture doing the cow horns in my arms. Bray Wyatt, uh, Earl Hebner. Big spooky man. We're getting in the ring with Earl Hebner. Um, Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus, uh, Victoria. Why did you say it like that? I don't know who she is. I love Victoria. Right, but I'm gutted. I hope she wears her knee brace, but I know she won't because she won't be wearing wrestling gear. You can ask her. I'll ask her about a knee brace. Twitter. Um, so that'll be, that'll be our next big bumper episode, talking about our weekend there. And I'm sure we'll have some stories from our time in, in Liverpool. Um, but yeah, next couple of weeks we'll have some new episodes. Uh, and going forward, looking forward to getting some guests on the old pod um, in the next couple of months. So keep an eye out, because uh, we've got our names that we want. Um, and again, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward uh, but if you're interested in the podcast if you enjoyed that ramble about Wrestlemania week then please hit follow 
subscribe, whatever you do with the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, KK WrestlePod, for any updates. We'll try to use that a little bit more. Uh, so, yeah, all the social media stuff, get us followed. Um, you can now rate this podcast on Spotify. So, give us a wee five star. Let us, let us know how much you love the podcast. Nothing lower than five, or I'll find you. Um, and is there anything you want to plug, Kelly? My arse. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. Um, no, don't follow me on Twitter because I just talk rubbish and you don't want to see that. Like, There's no point. Perfect. Um, as you can tell, I run the podcast Twitter. No, um, you can tell when I tweet because you're like, <laughs> who gave her a phone? Um, so yeah, so uh, every, again, socials, get us followed. Um, that is everything from us. We will see you next week and... Uh, We'll catch you on the flip side. Bye. Peace.